0: Grab your Bibles, if you will, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. This morning we're going to read verses 1 through 13. So we're going to read all 13 verses. So I don't tell that to you to apologize to you. Um, I'll do like one of my friends says. He says, look, me apologizing for reading this much scripture is like a chef come out and apologizing for cooking too much food. And so I'm not going to apologize for reading 13 verses of Scripture. I'm just giving you a a heads up that that's what we're going to do. And so if you have your Bible with you, uh, your phone, your tablet, or you can follow along on the screen, the Gospel of Luke chapter 11 will begin at verse 1. Luke chapter 11 verse 1 says this, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I only yelled that because there's an exclamation mark there. Jesus yelled it there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, about two weeks ago, I came up here to the church on a Saturday morning, actually to prepare for this morning's message. And uh, as I came in through the back door of the church, I noticed that the emergency lights were on all over the building. Now, that's a kind of creepy thing to be a part of, right? It was a cloudy day that day. It was real dark outside. It was super dark in here, and all the emergency lights are on in the building, which is an indicator that something is wrong. It's an indicator that there's no electricity or power in the building. And so I, I was walking around the building, uh, just kind of looking around and seeing what I could see. And, and, and I noticed that a, a fire truck was behind me uh, on, on, the, on the road here on Walnut Street blocking a portion of the street. And he was blocking the street because there was a broken power line that was laying in the middle of the road. And he said, uh, he said yeah, the, the power line's broken, so the entire block is without electricity. And so when he told me that, it was in that moment, and I love when God does this uh, with me, and he, he does this with many of us, but God can take something so simple and use it to communicate something what I feel so impactful. And so it was in that moment when I saw that broken power line, I felt like the Lord in that moment was saying, and maybe many of you can relate to this, but he said, Chris, there were seasons in your life where you weren't really seeing or experiencing victory in your walk with Jesus. He says, Chris, there were also seasons in your life where you weren't really seeing my power active in your life. And maybe some of you can relate to that. Maybe even in this moment, you're not seeing victory in your walk with Jesus. Maybe at this moment, you're not seeing uh, power, uh, 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 the power of God at work in your life. You're just not seeing that sort of thing in your life presently. He said, the reason why you didn't see those things and the reason why some of us don't see those things is because we have a broken power line. And that broken power line is a representation of a life without prayer. Are you following me? The reason why you don't see power is because you have a broken power line. The reason why you don't see power is because you have a prayerless life. And so I got to be honest. Last week, if you were here last Sunday, uh, Pastor Sonny was here, and if you weren't here, go back and listen to this message because he preached an incredible message last week on expecting the supernatural, and it was an incredible message. And I and I I'll be really, really honest, full disclosure. I was sitting in this seat, and I was listen. Part of me was listening and receiving the message, and I was taking notes. And there was another part of me that got a little discouraged, and I got discouraged because it was like on the inside, I was I was kind of thinking in my mind about the people here in this church. And it was in that moment that I thought, man, there's going to be a few people in this church that won't experience that supernatural power that Pastor Sonny is talking about. And they won't experience that because they don't have a prayer life. The power line is broken. There's no current, there's no electricity, there's no power flowing through them because there's no prayer life. Now, and Now before you feel like I'm being judgmental, I'm not, because a lot of us will say, well, Chris, I pray. And, and, and so let me just establish this really quick. I'm not just talking about momentary prayers. I'm not just talking about prayers we pray when there's an emergency. I'm not just talking about the prayers we pray on a special occasion. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a lifestyle of prayer a committed lifestyle of prayer. And the disciples were on to something. We read in Luke 11, they saw Jesus' commitment to prayer. Not only did they see his commitment to prayer, but they also saw the results of prayer. They didn't say, Jesus, teach us to raise the dead. Jesus, teach us to heal the sick. Jesus, teach us to open blind eyes. No, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Whatever, that, that whatever it is that you're doing over there, something's happening. And we want to experience the same thing. So, Lord, teach us to do that. Because, see, something happens when you're talking with your Father. And whatever that is that you're doing, we want that too. So, Lord, teach us to pray. And so this morning, what I'm telling you is there's just this correlation between pray, a prayer-filled life and power. There's a correlation with prayer and power. There's a correlation between prayer and the supernatural. I believe we would, for the most part, all agree with that this morning. Yes, something happens when we pray. But the question is, why don't many of us pray? Why don't many of us have a prayer-filled lifestyle? Why do we just pray on occasion? Why do we just pray when there's just a need? How come we don't have a constant life and flow of prayer? And I began to list out some reasons why maybe we don't pray. One of those reasons may be some of us are intimidated by prayer. Some of us think prayer is it's just silly and when it's foolish. Like, man, you know what? When I stop to think about it, I'm talking to somebody that I can't even see. That just makes me look crazy. Maybe some of us are just lazy. I I don't need to add prayer into my life. My life is already busy. I got a lot of things going on, Chris. If you only knew, and me adding a a, a prayer in my life, man, I I just can't seem to fit that into my already busy schedule. Which sums it all up with one of the final reasons is really pride, in that we feel like we can Make do without God's help. We feel like we can solve the problems without any any uh, assistance from the Lord, and so there's there's numerous reasons why we don't pray. But Jesus came to this earth to shatter any misconceptions that we have about prayer. Prayer is bigger than just us reciting some fancy Christian words. Prayer is bigger than us just reciting some religious uh, terminology. Prayer is bigger than us just gathering in a circle, holding hands. Prayer is about God hearing us and us hearing him. It is about his spirit and our spirit connecting. It is about having real fellowship. It is about having real conversations with an ever-living, all-powerful God. That's prayer. That's why there's power in prayer. Deuteronomy 8.3 says, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Prayer is about us being fully dependent on God. Prayer is us acknowledging that we can't make it in this life on our own. Prayer is acknowledging that we need God's help. It is about a life of full dependence on God. It is about a life of full dependence on His Word. Now, we got two forms of His Word. We've got His written Word. We've got the Scriptures. We've got the Bible. But we also have God's spoken Word. Because I don't know if you knew this or not, but I truly believe God still speaks today. He still speaks today. The question is, are you listening? The question is, are you listening? Are you in the right frequency? Are you, are you drowning out the noise and listening to his words? John chapter 10, verse 4, Jesus makes this statement as he is referencing the fact that he is the good shepherd. And in verse, chapter 10, verse 4, he says, And when he has brought out all of his own, he, the good shepherd, Jesus, goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because what? They know his voice. Now, how awesome would it be to have a relationship with God where we just know his voice? Regardless of all the other voices that we may be hearing in our world, regardless of all the other things and noises and distractions that may come at us, it's the voice of God that stands out because we know his voice. How many of you want that type of relationship where I just know the voice of God? I know it is God's voice. Well, we can have that type of relationship. We can have that type of intimacy and communication with God. And here's the secret. Develop a lifestyle of prayer. Let prayer be the norm for you. Let prayer go beyond just momentary moments and just emergency situations. Let prayer be like breathing for you. Let prayer be the constant for you. Jesus again goes on to say in John chapter 15, verse 4. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me you can do. Disconnected from me, there's no power. When the power line is down, there's no power. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He says to remain in me, meaning a constant flow, a constant communication, a constant relationship with Jesus. Let me put it in other words. Daily, we need to be hanging out with Jesus daily. Every single day of our lives, we need to hang out with Jesus. But here's a reality we got we to gotta face, and let me just be very frank, very honest with you, but don't think that you can ignore Jesus all week and come to church on a Sunday and still expect to grow. Let me say that again. Don't think you can ignore Jesus all week, come to church on a Sunday, and still expect to grow. It doesn't work that way. In the same way, it's similar to to you going to the gym once a month and thinking you're going to see results. Right? You know how it is, especially it's the new year. We got our gym memberships going. We're ready. We got a new workout clothes for Christmas. I got my new shoes. Right? And we go to the gym one time. And when we get out of the gym, we look at the mirror, and we're like, look at me. Look at that ab, I see it. It's right there. You only went one time, but you see it. It doesn't work that way. You know that. You know that. You don't get as big as Jonathan over here going to the gym once a month. Just, just, Just flex that left arm, flex the left arm. Look at that, look at that. You don't get that going once a month. Come on, man. That takes commitment. It takes dedication. It takes it becoming a lifestyle. And so Jesus says, remain in me. Don't just partially visit me. Don't just, eh, frequently I'll go hang out with you. No, he says, remain in me on a daily basis. Make make our relationship a lifestyle for you. That's the only way we're going to see power. That's the only way we're going to experience growth. That's the only way. That's the only way we're going to grow spiritually. It's the only way. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, the scripture tells us to what? Pray continually. Pray continually. Pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. I love this incredible quote by a uh, 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 An evangelist of old, an English evangelist named Smith Wigglesworth. Now if you're familiar with Smith Wigglesworth, he had an incredible ministry where he saw a lot of miracles, a lot of documented supernatural things that happened in this ministry, a lot of things we just don't see today. It's, it's crazy when you, when, you, when you hear the stories and you read the stories and you see what God is doing in his ministry. Well, they, they asked Smith Wigglesworth about prayer. They said, clearly, clearly this, this evangelist who's seen all these supernatural things and these powerful things in his ministry, clearly, man, can you imagine what his life of prayer must be? And I love his quote that he says. He says, man, I, I never pray more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. I never pray more than 20 minutes, but I never go more than 20 minutes without praying. Prayer is just the norm for me. Prayer is breathing to me. Talking with my heavenly Father, it's it's, it's what I do. It's a part of my lifestyle. And so this morning, the beginning of the new year, wasn't going to focus on a message, a series on resolutions, and I'm sure all of you are knocking out your resolutions already. I'm not going to talk about your goals, cause I'm sure some of you are already setting your goals and you've reached a lot of your goals already. But I felt like the Lord was really prompting me for the beginning of this new year to say, look, forget about resolutions. They'll do that on their own. Forget about all these goals that they have. They'll, they'll, they'll knock that out on their own. Get them back to what matters. Get them back to prayer. Because I believe that there are many of us that we want to see the supernatural in our life. We want to be ones that expect the supernatural. But we won't ever see that if we don't have a lifestyle of prayer a lifestyle of talking with God. And so the question that maybe some of us have this morning, well, well how do I make prayer a lifestyle? How do I do that? Now, there's some in here that, that say, well, prayer is a lifestyle for me. I've been doing this now for X amount of years, and it's just the norm for me. It, that's what it is. But I don't want to move past the fact that there's some in here that don't have prayer as a lifestyle. I don't want to assume everybody in here prays. I don't wanna assume everybody in here has a normative way of life of praying. Because statistics show that's not the case. And so how do I develop a lifestyle of prayer? And so if you're taking notes this morning, thank you. If you're not taking notes this morning, act like you're taking notes. But if you're serious about this and you wanna make prayer a lifestyle, there are three things I want to give you, and then we're done. Three things I want to give you when we're done. How can we make prayer a lifestyle? The first thing that we can do to make prayer a lifestyle is this. Is number one, it's time. Time. If you're serious about something, and you know this, if you're serious about something, you will make time for it in your schedule. Like some of you have already planned your vacation for 2020. You've already got it. It's, it's in July, what? It's in August, something. It's whatever. You got that week marked out. It's in your calendar. You, got, you, you marked it through with highlighter. You got stars on it, and you're like, man, I can't wait for that week because ain't nobody messing with me that week. Ain't nobody talking to me that week. I am gone. Like, and, it, and it's like eight months from now, but it's already etched in your calendar. It ain't nothing changing. Why? Because it's important to you. You look forward to it. Well, it's the same with prayer. If we all agree that prayer is is the power line for our power, for the supernatural, if we all agree that prayer is important, then we will make time for it. We will make a daily appointment with God, which means you make that appointment with God a priority. It's a priority. You put it in your schedule. You put it in your phone. You schedule it in if you have to. Make a time with God. I love when we read reading the book of Daniel. Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel was someone who sought the heart of God. He, he had a lifestyle of prayer. Well, to get at Daniel, they issued this decree that, that, that it was gonna be bad news for you if you were praying, making it illegal to pray. And so in Daniel chapter 6, I love this verse 10, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, when he learned about what was going on, what they're saying against prayer, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. It was a normative thing for him. He had a specified time of the day that he prayed, and he wasn't going to allow any outside distraction, anything in the atmosphere, anything in the environment, to interrupt his time with prayer. Why? Because it was important to him. If prayer is important to you, you will make the time. If it's the first part of your day, If it's five minutes, if it's 10 minutes, if it's 15, if it's an hour, make the time. If you want this to be a lifestyle, make the time. The second thing we must do is establish a place. Establish a place of prayer. And when I say place, I'm talking about an undistracted environment undistracted environment, a place where, where you know you won't be distracted, a place where you know you're, you're, you're kind of away. And, and let's be honest, man, one of the places one of, that most people will be uninterrupted is in the bathroom, hopefully. Some of you moms may, may, may argue with me on that, be like, look, they still bother me, yo, they just, you just don't know, Chris. But find a place. And look, let me just kinda offer this to you this morning don't try to fight distraction because you'll always lose just avoid it altogether just find a place where you can just avoid distraction find a place where you don't have to take your phone find a place where you can just turn off your phone and leave it to the side maybe you're driving in the car to work maybe it's a moment where you just it's you on your way to work and you're driving your solitude you're all by yourself whatever it is find a place Jesus did this Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place. Why? Where he prayed. Jesus got alone. He loved his disciples, but he's like, Yo, I got to get away from these folks, man. I got to get by myself. I got to talk with God on my own. I got to talk with my father on my own. I don't want to be interrupted. Find a place. So we got time. We got a place. But now we, 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 we're still struggling because like, okay, Chris, I can find the time. I can find a place. But man, I don't want to move past the fact there may be some to say, man, I, I just don't know how to pray. When I find the time and I find the place, then, then what do I do next? What do I need to do? What are the steps I need to take to pray? Like, what do I say? How do I, how do I say this? Well, the good news is Not only do we have a time and a place, but we can also have a plan. So when you go into your place of prayer, have a plan. And what's so awesome is Jesus gives us the plan. Jesus gives us the pattern. We see this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. We know this as the Lord's Prayer. How many of you here know the Lord's Prayer? And much of America knows the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer that is recited oftentimes when there's tragedy. is a prayer recited oftentimes in group settings. You could go to a baseball game, and, and all 20,000, 30,000 people can recite the Lord's Prayer. It is a popular prayer. It's one of the most popular recited prayers in our time. But I think there's a misconception about the Lord's Prayer. See, see Jesus didn't give us the Lord's Prayer as a recital. So you can recite something without it even affecting your heart. Our Father, John, like we, we we know all that. But I believe when Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus set that out for us, He gave it for us as a pattern. He said, "Let me give you an outline. When when you pray, you need help. You want to know how to pray? Let me give you the outline. Let me give you some things you should cover in your prayer." Because clearly, it's not about us saying it verbatim. But it's about the condition of the heart. It's where's our heart posture when we talk with God. So we see here, Matthew 6, 9. This then is how you should pray. Here is the pattern. Here is the blueprint at how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Other translations add in, for yours is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen. You want to know how to pray? Here's the pattern. Here's the blueprint. So you got a time, you got a place. Now you got to plan. And, 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 and so today I'm talking about the lifestyle of prayer. Next week, I'll go more in depth with the pattern of prayer. We'll go more in depth with the Lord's Prayer. And I, we're going to break that down. We're going to dissect it. We're going to get into it. What is Jesus saying when He says these things? What is He meaning when He says these things? We're going we're gonna to get into that next week. But I felt like today, just at the, as the first Sunday of 2020, the first Sunday of the new year, that the most important goal that we would ever set for ourselves is to say, look, I want to develop a lifestyle of prayer. I want to talk more with God this year than I ever have before. I want a pattern of prayer. I want a lifestyle of prayer. And so here's what I'm I'm doing as as your pastor and as as a church. Here's what I want us to do, and here's what I felt this week. Uh, as I was preparing for this message. If I can be really transparent with you, there are certain decisions that I made in 2019 that I didn't involve God in. Anybody else other than me? Certain decisions that you made in 2019 that you didn't even consult God. You didn't even bring him in on the conversation. I've done that. And as I came into this new year, it's like, Lord, I don't want to. I don't want to uninvolve you in the decisions and the affairs of my life. I want you involved in every area of my life. Because what I'm discovering about these decisions that I make without consulting God, without including Him on it, a lot of times these decisions can be horrible decisions. Just outright dumb decisions. And when I look back at the dumb decisions, what I can ask myself is, man, did I even take that to God in prayer? And I guarantee you, almost every time, I'm like, I didn't pray about that one. It just felt right. It was something that I really wanted, so I made that decision. And, 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 and I'm sharing that with you today because I think some of us are in that same boat this morning. Some of us have some very big decisions we need to make in 2020. Some of those are personal decisions. Some of those are decisions about your family, decisions about your marriage. Some of those are decisions about your job, your career, your your future. And we know what we want. We know the result we want. But can we put that on the back burner for a moment and just say, God, what do you think? I don't want to make these decisions based off my own preference. God, I want to include you in the conversation. And so here's my hope for us this year. Is it every decision that we have this year that we would include God on the conversation? And what that looks like for us is, man, let's go to him in prayer. And some of you have those decisions you need to make. Some of you have already made those decisions, and you need to put a pause on it and say, let me backtrack and let me take that let me take that to God, because I made this decision, and, and I don't even know if God was even in it, and so here's what I'm doing, and, and I invite you to join me as well. Uh, next Saturday, January the 11th, I'm beginning 21 days of prayer, and I started on the 11th because I want to close out January with this 21 days of prayer. Now, you don't have to start on Saturday. You could start today. You could start tomorrow. I'm just, I'm just doing this for myself, and I invite you to come join me with it as well, But 21 days of prayer from January the 11th through the 31st. And those 21 days of prayer is going to be me taking my decisions that I have and taking them to God. And some of you need to take some decisions that you need to make for this year to God. You need to move beyond your preferences. You need to move move beyond what you want and what you're hoping for and to say, God, what's best for me? I want to include you in this conversation, and I want to spend these next few weeks just praying about the conversation. Now, you say, now, I have taken it to God. I've prayed about it, but maybe you just prayed one time. You say, God, what do you think? And you didn't wait for an answer, and you just kind of moved on. No, sometimes we need to be persistent with our prayer. In Luke 11, he's talking about the persistent neighbor. He says, you know, he didn't didn't open the door for you because he was your friend. He opened the door for you because you didn't stop bothering him. He was like, God, he's not going to stop. And what does God say? Keep knocking. Keep asking. Keep seeking. You're going to find. The door will be open. You will receive. Just be Persistent in your prayer. Take these decisions to God. If you truly believe that God is who he says he is, we sing the songs about him, we declare the glory of the Lord, we do all these things, if you truly believe that, then why not include God in every decision of your life? And a lot of trouble can be avoided if we take it to him first. So whatever those decisions are for you this year, let's commit to pray for them for these these 21 days. Decisions about your family, decisions about your career, whatever that is, just just commit to it. So for 21 days, I'm, I'm inviting you to join me on that. You could also do a fast within that as well. Those of you maybe have never fasted before. You can fast from food. Maybe you can fast from certain things in your life, certain distractions. Maybe you take 21 days. You know what? No social media for me for 21 days. Nothing, nothing. No, I'm taking those apps off my phone for 21 days. Maybe it's no TV for 21 days. What are those things that you, you so yearn for that you feel like you have to do? Cut that for 21 days. Certain foods that you eat, whatever, 21 days. Why? So we can eliminate distraction and we can talk to God without interruption. Because I believe without prayer, there's no power. Just like the line was broken, and there was no power in this house, it's the same thing with prayer. If the prayer line is broken, there's no power in this house. And the emergency lights are on. In your own life, the emergency lights are on, and there's an indication that there's no power. And it's time that we get that power line restored. And it's time we get that electricity flowing again. And it's time we open that communication up with our God. And it's time we go to the place of prayer. How many of you are with me this morning?